Hello, this is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. I did think it was funny that Ray Park had to justify his appearance. Did you read this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, was that like he was almost getting fat shamed or yeah, something? Yeah, Ray Park was being fat shamed. What world do we live in? But I just want to know, with this fat shaming, Dave, with all this fat shaming, where was his support online? Now, you know, how come we didn't get any hashtags that say, you know, curves are better? Curves Has- are better. Hashtag curves are better. Or Sith curves are better. Where was the fan art for Ray Park? <laughs> where was the emotional support for Ray Park? <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I was like so shocked when I saw that because I thought at first I was like, like that has to be a joke. And then I read read it. I'm like, like, God, I. This is why. How do you? Fa- I I can't fathom some Star Wars fans out there. Allegedly, there were people saying that Ray Park looked fatter in Solo and Ray Park. And listen, I first off, I would have even answered these people. But <laughs> I would have loved to see what you would have done. But but Ray, I would have whipped my dick out. So you want to see something fat? <laughs> <laughs> from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a metaphor to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right. Welcome, everyone. Star Wars from the back to tank. I'm in the studio with um, with David Saval. Hello, Dave. Hello, everyone. How's it going? I momentarily forgot your name. I, <laughs> I don't know how that's possible since I think I've been working with you longer than anybody on this network. I think I think maybe maybe it's the maybe it's the idiocy of the Star Wars fans out there nowadays. Yeah. Need more vitamins. Need more vitamins. Need yeah. more blue milk. More blue milk. I heard it's a great supply of essential protein. vitamins. Oh, protein. I don't, even, I don't even want to get into that <laughs> because I know what you mean. And we're trying to convert our show from uh, a show filled with um, wholesomeness. Yeah, I think we're going to go from being a debauched Star Wars show to a family friendly. Family Star friendly. Yes. Yeah. Much like Bob Iger, uh, rather than slowing down our shows, we're going to slow down our depravity. Just a bit. Just a bit. It's not a bad idea. I mean, after all, it worked for Disney. I'm joking, David. We're <laughs> never going to slow down depravity. Come on. Debauchery is where we... Uh, That's our bread and butter. It's where we It's where we blossom the most. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So things to get through today. Bob Iger will be slowing things down from the Star Wars front. Also, Marvel annou- announces standalone TV shows. And the reason why I even bring this up, Dave, is because it very well could mean 
the same thing for Star Wars. So we're going to get into that as well. Also, the lunacy of some Star Wars fans declaring that the Force Unleashed is a piece of garbage. So that's also something you can look forward to, David. That is, that is oh yeah. Did yeah, you see my that. rant? Did you see my rant? I saw your rant. Yeah. I saw your rant. Yeah. That, that was insane. What was he thinking? But we'll get into that. All right. So let's start with the most obvious and the reason why we're even here today. Uh, and that's because of Bob Iger's comments about Star Wars slowing down. So today, yesterday, I should say. Uh, Bob Iger believes his plan to release a new Star Wars movie every year was a little too much too fast. I can agree with that to a degree, not the too much, but maybe the too fast. Maybe you should have gotten people used to the idea, much like they did with Marvel. They didn't just blast us with two movies a year from the get go. They took their time. And then as they realized that their release strategy was working, they tweaked it a bit to accommodate more films. Maybe Star Wars could have done something like that, right, Dave? Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, is, like, the way that Marvel made it happen was they released one movie and then just gauged how that movie did. They did it with Iron Man. Right. And Iron Man, you know, they were lucky with Iron Man that it did so successfully when it first came out because then it got followed up. I think you followed Iron Man up with Thor. And Hulk or Hulk mm -hmm. Hulk. And then basically that didn't do so well. So they had to actually take it even slower. Well, neither did Hulk didn't go over well. Iron Man two didn't go over well box office wise. It did fine, but it didn't go over well with fans. Those are their first three movies followed by Thor, which did okay. Did okay. But also didn't go over entirely well with critics. So it took the, them time to get their feet going or to get their feet under them and I feel like, yeah, Bob Iger kind of thought, hey, you know what? Star Wars is already a tried and true uh, brand. People know what to expect. And let's just jump right into this. And I, I, yes, he's right. Star Wars is a tried and true brand. And the fans have been there for going on 40 years. But the concept of Star Wars movies every year and TV shows and an extensive array of books continually being released, Yeah, that's a new concept. That is a brand new concept. That's a lot of stories being shoved down our throats. Now, I, I will g gladly open my mouth really wide, personally, <laughs> and take all of it, because I'm not one of those fans. I feel like as long as there's quality behind it, I don't care if we get three movies a year. As long as the attention's on the details, quality, of course, being story, acting those are the things that need to be the focus and if they can do that and still push out two or three movies a year then please give me two or three movies a year i'm not one of those fans that's advocating for disney and lucasfilm to slow to slow down with these releases in fact dave you and i were just having this discussion in the studio before the show started today and we're both somewhat baffled that there's fans out there praising bob Iger's decision to slow things down because we have been waiting how many years for movies, Almost Dave? a decade. We, it's, it's been about a decade since we've actually had Star Wars. So that's why I'm, I, I'm personally baffled that any Star Wars fan out there would actually say, no, 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 I'm tired of Star Wars. How can you say something like that? Because if you're a fan, fan being a fan means that Star Wars is 
what you love. It's what, what it's, you want. It's what you are. Yeah, it's you it's know? strange to me because I've seen a lot of people on social media posting uh, comments about it being slowed down, and that there is a a certain um, thing about Star Wars where it, you looked forward to it. You know, every three years you would get a new movie, and then between those, it'd be like fifteen years. And I'm like, so you're telling me that in order for you to enjoy the Star Wars experience, you must relive the nostalgia days of a release strategy that was devised by Lucas 40 years ago. And and on top of that is like they're basing it just solely on the movies. So you mean to tell me as a Star Wars fan, you didn't you didn't enjoy Star Wars outside of the movie. How is Star Wars what we're getting too much, Dave? We've had four movies. Four movies. Yeah. How is that too much? Now, compared getting, to Marvel, which had 20. Yeah. One movie a year. I mean, yes, Solo did come out. And this is always going to be debate for decades to come. Why didn't Solo perform as well as it should have? And there's definitely an argument to be made. I'm not squashing that idea. There's definitely an argument to be made about Solo being released so close to The Last Jedi. Yes, absolutely. There's an argument to be made there. Uh, because of various reasons, and we've gotten into them numerous times in other shows. If people want to relive those shows, just go back to your feed and scroll down a few shows. Yeah. So getting back to this article, much has been made about the box office performance of Solo, a Star Wars story. So there's not too much point in, okay, pretty much what we just said. But yeah. suffice to say, the film's worldwide theatrical take clocked in 393 million and meanwhile the other star wars story standalone rogue one made just over 1 billion uh for two star wars films that were only released two years apart that's a big difference uh was the the discrepancy due to star wars fatigue audiences reluctance to accept a new version of a beloved character han solo a decline in quality or something else entirely uh ign reports uh that bob Iger has his own theory Right. Yes. And it is the fact that they feel like he gave too much too soon. Now, despite the fact that he said that he did specifically mention that even though things are slowing down. Right. That they have, of course, the episode nine planned, of course, coming out in 2019. Yes. Followed by the previously announced. Trilogy fresh brand new trilogy produced by the game of thrones producers so he specifically mentioned though so despite them saying they're slowing down a lot of people are taking his meaning to mean something more in the lines of a logical approach to release strategy so for example they're going to wait till episode episode nine comes out and then kind of look at the landscape currently and say, okay, we're going to move forward here. We're going to pull back here, move forward there. So in the foreseeable future, Star Wars isn't slowing down. We're yeah. still getting episode nine followed by the trilogy that they, that they had promoted. They're trying to actually fine tune their strategy. Yeah. And I can get behind that. Most, most definitely get behind that. But Star Wars isn't slowing down, Dave. You have Star Wars resistance coming out uh, next month, followed by a clone wars, TV show, TV show, the return of Clone Wars starting next year, plus episode nine, plus the announced Game of Thrones producer trilogy. The, then you have the live action 
produced by Favaro as well, the live action TV series. TV series that's coming out. I mean, you can't really say Star Wars is necessarily slowing down. Are they going to pull back on the theatrical releases, those big, big tentpole films? Possibly. But we will see what happens after episode nine. I feel like um, they're going to just simply refine or fine tune their release strategy. That's what I'm hoping too, is that, that they fine tune their release strategy because like, if you get if you guys go back to our to our past shows, we've already we've already discussed what our opinions are on why Solo did badly. By far, it's not the film's fault. The film is actually really good. It's very well done, and it really didn't do badly either. I mean, it made more money than most tentpole movies. It just didn't make as much as as they were hoping as other Star I mean, Wars films. Four hundred million globally is nothing to sneeze at. No. And but like if they were if they're going to just take a step back and see what they should do marketing wise, marketing was a big thing for Solo. And I think that basically fine tuning what their strategy is, is a good thing. But I don't think like the uh, like some fans are declaring that, oh, they're going to they're going to stop all these side stories. And on top of that. Some of those fans are happy that that's happening, and I'm confused about that. Where it's, why would you guys want them to stop Star Wars films itself? Yeah, yeah I don't understand that argument, and I never will. Uh, with when people say they should slow down, it's just too much. I, I know Thomas Cowley, one of the hosts on this network, has said similar things. It's just too much. You know, I liked when it was an event. I'm like, well, you know what? An event? Well, then go get a fucking tent. <laughs> Put it in your backyard. And and pace yourself. Watch one movie every five fucking years if you want. Don't mess up my shit because you want to live in some nostalgia world of when movies were released every fucking decade. The more I thought about it, too, is like, what is the appeal of wanting to do that? Why yeah. do you want to wait? Why do you want? Why do you? Why do people always the, the nostalgic freaks of. Uh, Star Wars always say, oh, I remember the times when I stood out in line to wait for Star Wars tickets to get in the theater. I'm like, going, why is that a good you No, know, I also remembered the first time I jerked it, you know, but it doesn't mean I want to keep reliving those moments. <laughs> moments. I don't want to relive those moments. Listen, there was fun. There was a certain level of fun to camping out. Absolutely. And waiting in line for hours. But. I'm too fucking busy for that shit. You tell me you miss that? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. miss camping I out. Miss. Was it fun because it was an event? Yes. But if someone said, hey, would you like this ticket now? Or would you want to sit in line for 25 hours? I'm like, give me that fucking ticket, ticket right now. Give me the ticket now, please. Yeah. All right. So let's bring it back. Let's refocus this discussion back on Bob Iger. Now, there are some choice words that I like. That I would like to pinpoint. And there may be some last Jedi lovers who are kind of, uh, that may disagree with this. But when you're Bob Iger and you're in an interview and you're talking about all of your plans for release, right? You're talking about Marvel. You're talking about Star Wars. And he mentions all these projects. But for some reason, <laughs> Ryan Johnson's trilogy is not mentioned you know, at too, all. Huh? He that specifically says, I, I saw. He specifically says we have Force, or we have J.J. Abrams, Episode 9, and we have the trilogy that's planned by the Game of Thrones producers. 
he did not mention Ryan Johnson trilogy. Now, a lot of conspiracy theorists, including myself, are now gravitating to that to mean that Ryan Johnson's story's out. Huzzah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Why would you, now let's say it's still let's say it is still in the works, right? And maybe he's just not mentioning it because it is a bit divisive. It tends to split the fan base right down the middle. That could also be the case. Well, I, I think that he doesn't mention it because just like what you said, it it's not the story of Ryan Johnson. It's Ryan Johnson himself. Right. Because he's Ryan divisive. Johnson is toxic. He's He's just toxic. I mean, look what he does. Every single time that he's on Twitter or he gets on an interview, he bashes Star Wars. Bob Iger well, is a doesn't. smart businessman. He probably looks at that and goes, why do I want to yeah. why do I want to actually involve someone who brings a negative to the product? And we have discussed this. You know, um Ryan is reacting, Ryan Johnson is reacting on social media to people that are attacking him. Uh, and there should be, I'm definitely on board the whole, you should defend yourself against trolls. But then there becomes that, that point where you're like, all right, well, I'm also a director of a multi-billion dollar franchise. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and quit throwing stones at paying fans. Because at the end of the day, you turn into the troll. Right. So that being said, that can also be a reason why he chose not to mention it just because of the divisive nature of Ryan Johnson and uh, The Last Jedi, how it currently is with the with some of the the more passionate Star Wars fans, right? Yeah, that's how I fi- uh, that's how I figure why I, I'm, I've been saying this from since day one, Dave, and I've called it since Last Jedi was released and it didn't go over well with the bulk of the fan base. I told, I, I said that they're going to conveniently forget the movie. They're not going to actually bend over, grab their ankles, and accept the fact that they might have made a mistake with Ryan Johnson. No, they're, they're not going to announce that the movie's not going to be made. They're just going to let it slowly slip away until we completely either A, forget about that trilogy, or Ryan Johnson around 2025, however long it takes, takes, is no longer divisive. And people are willing to give him a second chance for that movie. And then we may see that that trilogy push forward. But I, I don't think we're going to see it anytime soon, Dave. No, no. Otherwise, I, I, I he would have so. he would he would have mentioned it. I don't that, He's I, literally sitting down in our interview, Dave, talking about all things. Disney, not just Star Wars, he's talking about Marvel, he's talking about Star Wars. He's talking about all of their plans, the Fox search, the Fox studio properties now, what they're going to do with that. And he mentions all these projects, but he doesn't mention that one. Yeah. And I think I honestly think Bob Iger is a very smart businessman and he knows what the things to say are. And I do respect him a bit more now that he he also takes that blame, Uh, the release strategy and their plan of action for Star Wars. He blames himself for it and says that I am to blame. For us rushing too fast into Star Wars. So we'll see what all this actually means in the near future, I'm sure. Uh, But there is hope. Even though Star Wars is allegedly slowing down. According to Variety, there will be a Loki, Scarlet Witch, and other Marvel heroes that will get their own TV series on Disney's streaming service. 
that will be out next year. Yes. Now, I only bring this up because this bit of news has given a lot of Star Wars fans hope that we may, in fact, get a solo continuation story in by way of a mini series of sorts that could air on Disney streaming service. And I have to say that I actually like that idea quite a bit. If for some reason the studio decides to say, Hey, we just cannot continue with the, with solo part two, which, you know, it was always originally intended to be a standalone film. I had never thought we would get a solo sequel. Honestly, I feel like they introduced story ideas that could continue in other movies in other movies yes. that don't necessarily need to be solo too. We've seen uh, very similar things with uh, how Marvel is doing their movies where certain things will be introduced. doesn't mean it's going to have its own movie, but the story elements will be continued and other Marvel installments. If they do something like that now with, with solo or we get a story focused on Lando or Kira or Crimson Dawn uh, and Maul, I think that's a good way to go, and I don't think it's anything to scoff at. What do you think about that, about possibly getting uh, TV shows that would help continue some of these standalone uh, stories? A long time ago, I would be so against it because back then, a lot of, a, a lot of times when, it, when a movie goes to TV, you, lo- you see a loss in production value. However, nowadays, especially with uh, how the landscape is streaming-wise and – Netflix, uh, Netflix original content and stuff. Production value is not something to be scared of now. So I am in agreement that basically I would actually like to see Star Wars take this route where it's like, okay, we're not going to get a solo sequel of sorts, but we'll we'll see a Star Wars solo miniseries on the Disney uh, Disney streaming service. I think that's genius. I think that's actually a really great idea. And seeing them do it with the Marvel franchise with Loki and Scarlet Witch, it does make sense to actually see, okay, we'll do a mini series with uh, Lando. I think that'd be really cool. And I think it'd be a good way to continue the brand of Star Wars without having to without having to throw everything. It really comes down to can they get the star power behind the series because right. the the beautiful thing about Loki and Scarlet Witch they're bringing in the original actors so you're going to see Tom Hiddleston as Loki right if they were to actually do the solo things they'd have to bring in Alden Einreich and the only person that would be in question to to make an appearance in this t- this this uh fake TV series we're making up in our minds right now yeah. would be Amelia Clark. She's the only one because she's currently in Game of Thrones, which is wrapping its final season, right? So that's yes. not a big deal. That's but also, a lot of times actors, when they're coming off a long run of a TV series, they want to take a break from TV shows and they want to go do a couple movies or just do nothing for a couple years and then come back. So I think that's the only question mark in terms of continuing the storyline because I feel like if you were to do this, Kira has to be a part of it. Kira does. Crimson Dawn and Darth Maul has to be a part of it so we'll see however i like having that little bit of hope there yeah i like knowing that there's that possibility because if if disney's willing to give us those marvel standalone tv episodes now or tv shows then it's only a matter of time before they decide to do a similar release strategy for star wars as well that might be part of that might be part of the whole uh 
slowdown idea of Bob Iger's is like, okay, we're going to try this new strategy of releasing premium movie content yeah. as a TV show. Can it work? Okay, let's slow down. Let's try to experiment with this and then try to see if we could do it with any of our other franchises. Yeah. So it makes sense. It does. The The thing is the old school in the old school person in me. I mean, I'm sure you're also familiar with it too, Mike is like in history and all of film and television history, it's always been seen as a stigma of like, Oh, a movie's going to TV. Bad mark. Bad mark. I, I think those Scarlet days are Letter. over, though. I think those days are over. I think that ended about nine, ten years ago when you started seeing a lot of high quality production, TV show yeah. production and how it's attracting a lot of big name talent. So, yes, I think there was that. But Kiefer Sutherland changed all of that when he decided to do a TV show called 24, 24. back in 2001. And that, that changed everything. That was a game changer. That was the game changer. And then out came Breaking Bad and she- series like The Shield and stuff. Right. All those early shows that I would say contributed to the golden age of television, it changed our thought process on a lot of things. And now moving into 2018, we're now moving into almost two decades of high quality production where you have big A-listers involved. Yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's a roadblock anymore, David. I feel like. A lot of people, a lot of actors have voiced have voiced the opinion that some of the best storytelling now is TV. It's not movies. So, no, I don't think that's going to be any roadblock. If anything, it has to do with uh, people's schedules. Yeah, people's schedules. And it's going to depend on – I'm really interested to see how actors nowadays will react to doing stuff like this. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Dave. So were you a big Star Wars The Force Unleashed fan? Yep. Okay. Even 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 with the sequel, I know. I don't know a lot of people that dislike this video game. There's even no. a lot of casual video gamers who are big Star Wars fans who picked up the controller because of this game. Yeah. Now, according to a new rumor, this is fun, Dave. EA and Respawn Entertainment's new video game, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which we had spoken about a couple months ago, is going to be a spiritual successor to the kind of gameplay seen in The Force Unleashed. Yeah. Now it says, don't expect to pull Star Destroyers out of orbit. According oh. to StarWarsNewsNet.com, the scale of the, of the player character's powers will be kept in check to fit in with existing canon instead of giving us a ridiculously overpowered character strong enough to defeat Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine in quick succession. But the new report from Overclock 3D, who are paraphrasing here information from a podcast, Making Star Wars, which I think a lot of people have heard of that podcast. Yes. The game that is being described is is one that's akin to the Force Unleashed without the Mountain Dew. In gamer speak, this means that we're not going to get ridiculously over-the-top, cannon-breaking versions of existing Force powers. <laughs> Perhaps more encouraging is that EA is not forcing a multiplayer element to this title in spite of previously insisting that single-player games are on the way out. Yes. And they put in parentheses they aren't, which I I agree. Yes. <laughs> Meaning that Battlefront 2 will remain the focus for multiplayer Star Wars titles. Which it should. Yeah, that, that makes sense. You don't want to have, under the same banner, EA, you don't want multiple multiplayer games. It's just you're just going to rob Peter to pay Paul. Exactly. It doesn't make sense to actually do that. Now... 
it is EA. <laughs> so we don't know. I mean, it, it, do you it, think it, they're really going to fuck this one up? Uh, After them, allegedly, there were rumors. Remember, Dave, that uh, that they almost lost their contract with Lucasfilm after their poor release strategy of Battlefront 2, right? Yeah. Do you think they can afford another mess up, especially with J.J. Abrams, someone who's very close to Lucasfilm, launching his own video game company? Well, their own bad robot will be a movie, TV and video game publishing company. So EA, do they really want to run the risk of losing contracts to people that may be even closer to the franchise than themselves? The problem is their history doesn't bode well for them. I mean, no, EA, not at all. <laughs> e, their history outside of Star Wars and video, other video games just doesn't show the fact that basically they are capable of doing something like this. So the fact that they came out uh, when I first read this, I was like going, they are going against their entire nature as a video game company that they've had for decades. I mean, going back to Madden, I mean, if you look at their, if you look at EA, EA, all their sports games and everything, doing something like this that goes outside the box is goes against their basic company strategy. Mm -hmm. So, well, they're going to have to be very careful with this release. The the humorous thing I find out is like, they're willing to break their company strategy because of the backlash they got from Battlefront. Yeah. So hopefully they learn their lesson, Dave. Um, and now the reason why I asked if you like the Force Unleashed is because after this news broke on social media, there were quite a people, quite a bit of people bitching about the Force Unleashed. And they were hoping that this movie was not, or this video game is nothing like the Force Unleashed. This one guy that got that got a, his statement or his tweet gained a lot of traction on social media. And I was blown away by how many people were agreeing with his thoughts on the force unleashed. And I'm going to read it. Okay. I think I know what you're going to read. <laughs> he writes, fuck the force unleashed and everything about that game. It's probably the star Wars thing. I hate the most. It might be the star Wars thing with the absolute worst impact and influence on the franchise and fans. Now, if you go on to read his thread, he he voices similar thoughts as to what was said in this article about Star Wars Unleashed, that there's a lot of overpowered moments. Um, first off, it, Force Unleashed didn't start that overpowered moments. No, it, it didn't. If you read <laughs> comics from the 90s uh, and you read the Dark Empire series, Luke pulled down a Star Destroyer. Luke pulled out, I think it was either Luke or someone pulled no, it a was, ship out of a black hole. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Explain that. So this isn't anything new. This has been going on within Star Wars for countless years with the with the abilities of the Jedi and the Sith and dark side, light side. So this isn't a concept that was conceived in Force Unleashed, but this guy continues to like just... I don't know if he if there was a woman he was trying to earn brownie points with <laughs> that she she follows him on Twitter and he decided, hey, if I bash men, will I get the attention from this hot chick? Will she realize that I'm a nice guy because he goes on to say, I see it as Star Wars at its most edgy and unnecessarily hyper masculine and gamified. It led to a whole group of fans with a focus on wish fulfillment and male fantasies of what? Well, first off, who gives a fuck? Let's say he's right. And? And? And what's wrong with male fantasies? What, you're against male fantasies? You tell me you never had a wet dream? You tell me you never had any 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 uh, things you wanted to come true? 
I, I feel like, first off, it's hard to please some Star Wars fans. That's a given. But when I see comments like this, I feel like this is an individual that just discovered liberal politics. And he's going to go ahead now and show everybody just how intellectual he is by bashing his own gender for no reason. Now, the stupidity of this, Dave, the stupidity of this man's comment is that, you know, I'm going to read my tweet. Okay. You can't make this shit up. This dummy talks shit about the Force Unleashed and it being too hyper-masculine and uses masculinity as a negative, all while having a profile pic of himself shirtless beating a wall with his own fist. So I'm like, dude, you're talking about hyper-masculinity and then you're literally posing without a shirt with a bunch of tattoos and you're breaking a wall with your fist. His fist is through the wall. Makes sense. He's a dummy. He's a dummy. I don't understand how this guy gained so much traction with his comments about the Force Unleashed. Now, Dave, the reason why I bring this up is because you tend to have a little more insight within the fandoms because you go to all the places that I can't tolerate. Yes. (laughs) Reddit, secret chat rooms, all those places that I want to, you know, kill people (laughs) the moment I read things. Is this a thought? That a lot of Star Wars fans have about this game, Force Unleashed, because I've never heard of this complaint or heard this complaint before. Not a not for a, not a long time ago, but basically, like nowadays, with like every SJW, yeah, every SJW and every soapbox person that out there, and it, it's it's odd because it it's only Star Wars that I noticed that basically social justice warriors decide to jump on to. But why is <laughs> Why is hyper-masculinity, why is that even a bad thing? Let's say he's right. Why is that bad? What are you afraid of? Why are you afraid of dick so much, dude? Are you that afraid of cock? Are you that desperate to get the attention of that one uh, girl that you think you're going to woo over with your your, uh, intellectual thought (laughs) and being anti-men? Guess what? It's never worked. Yeah. Women roll their eyes at you when you talk like this. Just so you know, bro. Plus, they, it's they like, literally roll their eyes. I've seen it. Plus, the thing that the thing I when I first saw this tweet, I'm like going, he's using words without any context. What the hell does he mean hyper masculinity? I so you mean to tell me what? That's makes, a great what, way to say it, Dave. He's saying words without any context. Without any context, I'm like going, okay. So you're saying hyper masculinity and Star Wars Unleashed? Where? And. Honestly, it looks like a tweet like what you said is like he just wants to impress his SJW friends and say, look at me. I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm going to bash my own thing (laughs) for you. Yay. Look at me. I just cut my dick off because I hate it so much. Please, will you date me now? Will you date me now? I'm a sissy now. Thank you. (laughs) I've just joined the Unsully. (laughs) Oh, you like me? Oh, quick. Let me sew my dick back on. Because the, when I first saw this, because I saw your post, and I wa- I had to actually look at the guy's thread, and I'm like going, so you mean to tell me what if, just hypothetically, if we took Star Killer, changed him into a female, would it be hyper femininity? Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. <laughs> hyper femininity. This whole argument, Ta-da. though, I, the whole argument is flawed, and I feel like he has no general understanding of the video game fandom. Because video games in general, Dave, and correct me if I'm wrong, video games in general are hyper-masculine. Yes, they are. Like th- by design. By design. Because, because of the audience. 
but the video game craze. I'm not even talking about that right now. I don't yeah. want to get into that topic because oh, yeah. that's controversial. Uh, my point is, is that the entire video game craze of the 90s that really started the shooter games, the fighter games, these are all hyper-masculine titles. And it paved the way for an entire generation of not just video games that are very similar, but also movies. In fact, if you go back and review or if you go back and, and watch various movies from the 90s and early 2000s, uh, many critics will refer to these movies as a product of the video game generation. Yes. So this isn't anything new. This and isn't, I, all video this games could be considered hyper-masculine for the most part. All right, Dave, we need to go to a very quick break. We are droning on. And when we get back, we're going to get into some Star Wars Resistance news and a few other miscellaneous topics. We'll be right back. Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Uh, become pregnant with uh, Anakin and the, the mother basically makes the comment it, she doesn't know. I touched myself once with a, with an old lightsaber I found. <laughs> it's How did you become pregnant? Well, I, I found an old lightsaber and I played, I rubbed it on myself and poof, I was pregnant. <laughs> Listen to the Star Wars from the Back to Tank late night replay. Monday through Friday, starting at 1 a.m. Pacific, only on Rain Man Channel 001. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RN Channel 001. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Moving on, keeping up with the women. A woman who broke her vagina. Oh. <laughs> they can break. Shares a hilarious Wait, warning. she did what? How did she break it? Broke her vagina. I think. <laughs> Continue, Andrew. Uh, shares a hilarious warning about using sex toys for the first time. What did she do? Like, ram it all the way in, including the, the remote control? So how do I do this? The cable's still there. We just shove it all in there. Is this how this thing it's works? It's all supposed to go in, right? Sex columnist Nadia. <laughs> Is this how it works, guys? I'm not sure. They told me at uh, Fascinations that this is what I need. Very high powered. Actually, oops, that wasn't Fascinations. The receipt says Lowe's. <laughs> at least Lowe's has a great return policy. Nadia Bacodi. Hold on, I'm not have a comment. I haven't came yet. I'm almost there. I'm like Randy. You gotta work it. All right, I'm. All right, we're done. The 34-year-old goes to say in a video, "It had been a long time since I had sex," referring to her voice from her husband. It was quite odd, and looking back, that I was running a woman's website. Hold on a second, Randy. Yeah. Has there been some cold spells? In your life, where you didn't have sex for 
experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. What do you do to satisfy yourself? Do you use vibrators or do you just use the old the old flicker room? Um, Go ahead. You use Don't lie. Tinder or Snapchat and you oh, get so, to come okay, over. So that's what you've done. Everyone knows that sex is it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So were you known as the girl that just has sex on the apps? Like, they're like oh, we all got to get Randy. <laughs> she just wants to. No, sex. you just lock down a few... Trusty, key people. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, key people, and you just kind of and you okay. What are you doing? And then Do you say just like that. What are you doing? Do they all come running after that? <laughs> come here, you! <laughs> I'm ready for you. <laughs> Hold still and bring your mouth down to my pussy. <laughs> Do you mind if I use the dildo as well? I just picked it up from Home Depot. <laughs> All right, Star Wars from the Batch of Tank. Get more of it each and every month with the Patreon $5 tier. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge $5 or more a month and gain access to hours of additional Star Wars discussions and breakdowns on The Clone Wars, retrospective reviews, comic books, books, you name it, we do it. If you're a big Star Wars from the Back to Tank fan and a big Star Wars fan, head over to patreon.com slash Digital today and play. Or we'll kill you. Just joking. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30. Because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. everybody star wars from the back to tank all right so pozu the pozu collection is releasing a flash sale this weekend with a 20 percent off their premium star wars pozu made in portugal collection when you use the code force 20 at checkout that's right. Use promo code FORCE20 at checkout for a 20% off discount on the Star Wars Pozu collection. Dude, so those shoes are just freaking awesome. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to have to use that FORCE20. <laughs> I know, me too. Can we get about seven or eight people to do that FORCE20 promo code so that I can then afford to use my own FORCE20 code? <laughs> Please help me. I need Star Wars shoes. 
I'm about to start a Kickstarter next for it. <laughs> All right, Dave. So let's move into the latest news pertaining to Star Wars Resistance. Number one, Star Wars Resistance is garnering a lot of hate before it even comes out in a way that I have never seen before. You know that too, right? I think I... Mike, I think I know why. <laughs> well, listen, we make jokes for the purpose of comedy. I don't f- really, truly believe that Star Wars Resistance is going to suck. But it blows me. I, ne- I, never, I can never get used to it. Blows me away when I see people bellyaching about a trailer and they haven't even seen the show yet. That is true. Now, is the trailer a bit lackluster? Absolutely, David. We made fun of we it. We made fun with- of it ourselves. We made fun of it for a very good reason, but the, it hasn't even premiered yet, and people are just fucking going crazy and dying over this trailer, and they're rejecting it, saying it's not going to be Star Wars. They refuse to watch it. Yeah, so, that's the difference between us. Obviously, we're going to watch it. No, we're going to watch <laughs> we're it. We're going to watch it. Obviously, though, these motherfuckers didn't learn their lesson from doing the same thing to Solo. This isn't my Solo. I'm not going to watch, watch it. it. Oh, never mind. I'm going to watch it. And But the damage is already done. I already boycotted it. I already refused to acknowledge it and watch it. Uh, but now I love it. It's, it's, one not the, my fault. it's one of the best Star Wars movies of all time, bro. I'm like, go die. Go die. <laughs> <laughs> Those tweets keep making me mad, man. I, I love that people are, are I real. Stay life. away from Star Wars Twitter, man. It gets nasty. On I love seeing that people are, are enjoying Solo now. Yeah. But also a part of me wants to reach through and strangle that them. computer and strangle them because they don't deserve it. Yeah, I find myself like staring at my Twitter page sometimes and like imagining force choking someone. Yeah. Is that hyper-masculine enough for you? I'm going to force <laughs> choke you. <laughs> All right. So the first four episode titles of Star Wars Resistance has been revealed. Uh, they don't do much in the way of giving away story aspects, potential story aspects. I know with uh, Star Wars Rebels, we can always pick apart the titles and say, oh, okay, we're going to see this. We're going to go this direction. This will be fun. With this list of four titles, I don't really get a lot from it. I'm going to go through these titles, Dave, and tell me if anything piques your interest. Yeah. All right. So episode one will be titled The Recruit. Okay. And that airs October 7th. I think that's a pretty simplistic title. The simplistic For title. a pilot episode, it makes sense. Episode two, The Triple Dark. The Triple Dark airs October 14th. Episode three, Fuel for the Fire, airs October 21st. Okay. That's a good tie-in to, like, you know, like the spark, this will light the fire in the rebellion type thing. Yes. And then episode four, The High Tower, airs October 28th. David, do do any of those titles do anything for you? I like like The High Tower because that has me really intrigued. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuel for the fire is actually a really good take on you know like pose that I have a gut feeling that's gonna be a Poe centric episode because the most famous line from Poe is like hey this will be the the spark that lights the fire in the resistance right so I I'm intrigued by that one and triple dark the only one that I'm like going eh, it's very simplistic and we kind of know it's going to be an introduction episode mm-hmm. is the recruit yeah. Well, the pilot episode's got to knock us off our ass, or knock us onto our ass. It has to. Yes. So despite the lackluster title, they better have thrown in a lot of cool shit if they hope to garner an audience. 
especially with some of the the negativity that's been circling this this TV show already. And the amazing thing, dude, too, is like the more that I've been seeing this, a lot of Star Wars fans are being hesitant about it. For me, right. I'm getting more psyched about it because, you know, I watched the the character featurettes. Those are really cool. The the showing of basically the quote unquote possible main villain for the thing, which is a, a Red Baron type of uh, uh, First Order yeah. pilot. I love that. That concept in itself had me really intrigued because that harkens back to, you know, like the World War World War One, World War Two days. And that's what we're supposed to be getting is kind of like a a old war type of vibe from it. Yeah, World War Two. Yep. And then that's for me, I'm getting more psyched about. It. Yes, the trailer was very lackluster. However, the more stuff that they've been releasing, if people have been taking the time to actually watch the featurettes, see about like the behind the scenes, talking about the characters. Even like these titles, it's starting to get me more psyched for Resistance. Uh, no, I agree. Outside of the trailer, setting that aside for a moment, I yeah. feel like everything we've read about it seems to be interesting. Even though I've I've never been drawn to just the the pilot side of Star Wars, I feel like there is some intriguing aspects, and there could absolutely be some really cool potential story arcs as well especially because as we know this is leading into force awakens yeah and that whole area and that whole time frame in star wars is a mystery we don't we don't know we don't know even a percent of what was really going on during that time period so it'll be interesting to see that and i'm hoping they use this show to explore that but not just explore uh, story aspects but also um Potential politics and the political landscape. I feel like it's something they kind of breezed past really, really quickly in Force Awakens. And and I don't even think they really touch on it at all with Last Jedi. I'm hoping they they discuss the the current political landscape and why there is a resistance uh, where they directly created to to confront or battle the First Order. Yes, they allude to that throughout various High in media installments, books, a couple comics, but I would like to really, I would like to see them state it and and yeah. really delve into the the politics of the resistance and why they're even around when there is the New Republic, exactly. right? And I know the New Republic. If you read some of the books, the aftermath, and of course the solo book, the last shot, they talk about Mon Mothma breaking down the Republic's army. Yes, that that was part of what they wanted to do. They didn't want to be just like Palpatine and have a a giant army that backs up their their government. So I know they started downsizing their military. Is that why they had to resort to creating a militia of sorts that ends up being the resistance? Those are things I'd really like to see be brought to the forefront in Star Wars resistance. I think I agree because like just from reading the books and everything, I want to see the stuff that I've been reading in the books actually turning into something visual. Yeah. And that's how I see resistance because like, just like what you said, one of the biggest mysteries for this new trilogy is how did the first order come about? Why did the first order come about? Why did the resistance come about? Yes, uh, you're right. In the books, they explain that Mon Mothma makes that decision to break down the armies because she didn't want to be the empire. She wanted to be the new Republic and she wanted to bring back the, 
the 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 Senate basically kind of like ways of the. Uh, Are you the, sure Mon Mothma didn't want to break down the armies because she thought perhaps having an army this big was way too hyper masculine? <laughs> Maybe that's what the real. Maybe that's what it is. That's what we're gonna find that out in the very masculinity. <laughs> in the very opening episodes of Star Wars Resistance, we're gonna find out that the reason why there was no military and they had to create the resistance was because. They were afraid of being accused of hyper-masculinity. That's going to be a thing now. I swear to God, that's going to be a thing in our show. It's just the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard of. (laughs) Quit hating yourself for having a dick between your legs. Look, we all know. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. Oh, Dave. Maybe he cut it off. Golly knows. Listen, we're all, we all get frustrated from time to time with that piece of meat between our legs it's just uncomfortable but it doesn't mean you need to hate all men masculinity masculinity my dear sir please come back to the fold you can love yourself and be true to women as well right dave absolutely all right so let's move into marvel marvel's new star wars republic rebellion resistance series um yeah this looks amazing. It does. We, we had spoken about this right after Comic-Con. Marvel has recently unveiled a banner for their upcoming Star Wars Age of the Republic slash Rebellion slash Resistance series. If you remember, this entire one-shot comic book series is supposed to delve into different areas. According to Star Wars News Net, Marvel's about ready to launch a series of one-shots covering multiple eras of the Star Wars franchise, and they've shared the first image, which covers 24 characters from three separate eras to entice readers with. I'm going to post this photo on uh, the on-demand version of our show today so people can get a look at it. It's awesome. I'm even more stoked for this. The oh, fact yeah. that we were getting uh, one shot stories that we're going to be covering different eras of star Wars, the Republic rebellion and resistance was exciting in itself. And dude, you start off with the one character that I basically feel is like he, he's the spearhead right now. There's so much hype behind Darth Maul right now. You have to start with him. Yeah. And to actually start with him and Qui-Gon that's an interesting. That's an interesting uh, combination, because normally people think Darth Maul Obi Wan, mm-hmm. but in actuality, someone actually pointed this out. It's amazing that no one's actually remembered that Qui Gon was the one who fought Darth Maul the most, because in in the Phantom Menace, he fought him twice, and Darth Maul was supposed so, to so, kill Qui Gon. Hold on. So you're saying there's going to be a a story about him and Maul? Yeah, I, I I honestly think that How? there should be more connections between Qui Gon and Maul because that's who honestly. But they've never f- met each other until that moment in Phantom Menace, and then he got killed. But you never know; they could be. It could be kind of like that. David, need to slow down. B- Bob Iger told you to slow down, all right? <laughs> yes, I know, I know, Mister Iger. I'm sorry, but I just can't. I can't help it, dude. These are the, my two favorite characters from the prequels. Yeah, no. Qui-Gon and Darth I Maul. share your enthusiasm. I feel like your enthusiasm is a little misplaced. I don't think they're going to just create stories out of their asshole by saying, hey, Qui-Gon Jinn actually went to high school with Darth Maul, everybody. See, they knew each other long before. They just didn't remember because of an amnesia, an accident that happened during a football game. What would you do if they did? I would quit. <laughs> <laughs> I blame Bob Iger for being too hyper masculine. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So October 5th, Dave. October 5th will be the New York Comic Con presentation, which will feature all new information on this 24-issue series. Uh, previously, it was announced that the series would be 30 issues. The six-issue discrepancy has yet to be explained by Lucasfilm and could potentially point to the existence of one-shots about additional er characters who aren't confined to a specific era. Uh, as you can see below, there's the photo. Yep. The Age of Star Wars series will be released twice monthly with eight issues per era. Oh, I like that. Focusing on one hero and one villain from each specific trilogy. Okay, so Dave, they could do a Qui-Gon and Maul, but that doesn't mean their stories will, inter will intersect. Yeah. Okay. The As I said, the Maxi series will begin December 2018 and will end November 2019. Just in time for Star Wars Episode Nine. Oh, that is nice. That is really cool. Uh, to get more specific, Age of Republic will be released from December 2018 to March 2019. Age of Rebellion will be released from April uh, 2019 to July. And Age of Resistance will be released from August to November. That's actually kind of smart because maybe some of those Resistance stories will help also bleed into uh, Episode Nine. And did you notice that basically the last two... The last two that when they go through their breakdown, the last two apparently that are going to be released before the movie mm. is Ray and Kylo Ren. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. If they I'm, want to tie it into the movie, that's the best way to do it is to put their, their, those two stories at the very tail end of, of the age of series. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Um, we're definitely going to be doing reviews every month on these without a doubt. Oh, dude, there's going to be so many. Look at this. I'm looking forward to these. But also, Dave, we haven't announced this on any, any of our shows yet on the network, but we are going to be doing a holiday special as well. Uh, the entire network starting in October is going to be doing a Halloween special. And yeah. I was going to announce it on Rain Man show, but. Who knows about the consistency on this show, on that show for now with everybody going out of town. <laughs> So we need to start promoting now, but we're going to be doing a going to be doing a Halloween special for every single show on the network. We're going to be doing various Halloween eccentric discussions and reviews. And for Back to Tank, we're going to be delving into the IDW publishing Tales from Vader's Castle. So if people want to start getting into those comics, be prepared to read those because we're going to be breaking those down throughout the month of October. And those, the more I see on those, the more I'm loving the artwork. Yeah. They're very, it's very, it fits what they're trying to do. It, it goes, it kind of goes back to what inspired some of Star Wars. Obviously, we know at this point, George Lucas was drawing on various inspirations, but one of them was, um, especially because, I mean, look at Count Dooku, Christopher Lee was Dracula. Yeah. A lot of his inspirations as well were some of those monster movies. That's why he had... Vader, little known fact here, scream out no and walk like he's Frankenstein because that's what he was doing. A lot of people didn't like it. I liked it because I knew what he was doing. Yeah. That's why he walked all shakily on the bridge of the Star Destroyer at the end of Revenge of the Sith because Lucas wanted to draw on the parallels between Frankenstein's monster and, and Darth, Vader. Darth Vader. Yep. So using those sources of inspiration and putting into a comic book series for Halloween, I mean, that's just ingredients for some good fun. Oh, it is. It is. I, I honestly feel that 
this series, the, the series of tales from Vader uh, of Vader's castle might be a sneaky, like little gem when it comes to the star Wars. Uh, star I like Wars sneaky little gems. So, <laughs> so honestly, I can't wait to actually review these ones because they're one of the ones that I wrote about that basically I was really psyched about comic book wise. I think when it comes to comic books, this might be my most anticipated series coming out within the next couple months, followed, of course, by the Age of the Republic storyline or uh, one shots, I should say. Yeah. So a lot of good things happening, despite Bye Bye saying as we started we're the show, slowing down. we're slowing down. There's still a lot of Star Wars content coming out as well. So there's a lot to be happy for whether you are on the side that Star Wars should slow down or you're on the side similar to ours, which is no, don't stop. Get it. Get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Play with all body parts. We like the foreplay and we like all the supernatural you shove down our throats or suit Star Wars. Star Wars. Supernatural. Wrong show. <laughs> Wrong show. All right. We need to end this show. Uh, thank you, David. And thank you, everyone else. Thank you. May the force be with us. This is Stormtrooper 1, and if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always head over to FromTheBackToTank.com and uh, listen to the show at your leisure. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Smart Radio, Stitcher.com, search BACTA, and that is to your favorites. Thank you, and uh, listen responsibly. And may the Force be with you. And long live... From the Back to Take. And From the Back to Take is executive produced by Michael Flores and Dustin Lucas. Hosted by Michael Flores, David Zabal. You can find out more about our show by going to www.fromthebacktotake.com. You can also find us on Twitter at From Back to Take, as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash From the Back to Take. <laughs>